Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Witch Cafe and welcome to UAP Book Club. It's our second uh, book club and we are going to be talking about American Cosmic. We have some amazing guests and uh, I hope you all enjoy and I'm excited for everybody in the chat. Thank you for joining. So I'm going to add Mr. Rendell first. Hello, Graham. How are you? Hello, Priscilla. Good evening to you from the UK. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's evening there. I keep forgetting. But thank you for joining me. You're and welcome. then I'm going to add Mr. Rockner next. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and this was actually Olaf's pick. He's the one that suggested this book. So thank you for suggesting it. It was on my list. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then now I'm going to add Mr. Adams. Hey, Vinny. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Good to see you all. Good to see hey. everybody, too. And now I'm going to add Diana. She is the author of American Cosmic. And I think you guys all know that. So welcome, Diana. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for reading my book. Oh, we love it. And we're ready for the next one already. So. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. All right. So I usually like to start off by kind of asking everybody like what their big impression so you got to put my hands down i'm over here slapping the microphone what their <laughs> big impression is like what was like the biggest maybe aha moment while you were reading this book there's many aha moments but what is the one that kind of like like punched you in the stomach a little you know what i mean like just like oh <laughs> yeah there's someone who is in the chat named sean and says hey am i chopped liver was I sent them a link. Sean, let me get you a link. I, I thought I sent it to you. It's a, I emailed it. Maybe I sent it to the wrong email. Well, Vinny, if you, if Vinny or Graham wants to start so I can get Sean his link. Yeah, <laughs> sure. The first, the, first, the first knockout moment was a case of where he said, um, you know, I'm going to, this person's an, uh, you know, an alien. Or, or that, that was it, and it was we're going to meet an alien. He's not from this world, or he's not human. That's and it was right. just, that That's was it, and it was Tyler D. And I, I, was, I was going, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and it was just okay. It went from there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to say, um, there. So my life was is how I think of it now. I started this research in 2012. And I consider my life pre-2012, pre-UFO research, post-UFO research, completely <laughs> different person. Um, changed me completely. Um, and I think it was a process that lasted about a year of, uh, you know, you talk about kind of the punch, you know, of um, being completely um, shocked. And uh, John Mack, I don't know if you've read his book yet, The uh, Abduction, John Mack's book. You should read that um, because he he's a Harvard researcher and he went through the same kind of thing. Um, yeah. He was, this was in the 90s, I think he wrote the book or the 80s, I, I don't know. But um, so he went through this process where he didn't believe in this at all. And then at one point he recognized that it was happening and real and these people were normal. Um, so what happened to me was that the same kind of thing happened. Um, I started the process just by doing kind of like a historical comparison of what I had discovered in my, my uh, research in Catholic history and then comparing it to kind of uh, experiencers today and what they're experiencing. I thought it was going to be a pretty easy book 
no problem, right? And then I started to meet meta-experiencers. And these were people who were scientists who were studying experiencers and who were top level, like Stanford University, you know, and this kind of thing. And people who worked for the uh, space program and previously the shuttle program. And, you know, these were people who were legitimate and, and doing this research. And I uncovered basically what I call a fight club because they couldn't talk about it, what they were doing, but it was massive. Um, and if you've not, never seen the movie, it's a hard movie to watch, but it's, it's worth it um, because it talks about a lot of things that I started to experience. Um, and one of them was this kind of underground club of people who are basically making giant changes to our the infrastructure and fabric of our society. And we have no clue. That's, <laughs> that no, it's, like, funny. it's funny that you should mention that because um, I think it was in your book where you were talking about uh, um, valet, valet um, kind yeah. of putting us in this position to have these kinds of telecommunications. I actually found the paper online wow. that he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> about that. It was, it, it's pretty interesting that was in the mid seventies. Yeah. He wrote that for, I, I forget it was, if it was DARPA or uh, advanced it, research. Yeah. Yeah. His seventies research, probably SRI Stanford research Institute. Yeah. It wasn't that one, but I'll, I'll have to send it to you or something, but yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. It was fascinating. Um, and, you know, I grew up in that area in Silicon Valley in that, you know, I went to grad school in that area. And um, I was one of the first kids to get Internet and email and stuff like that. <laughs> and I didn't understand what was happening at the time. But it was always something that I studied along with the studying of religion was the, the change into the digital infrastructure. Um, so. When I when I real when I started to read Jacques Vallée's work, I recognized that, you know, he did two things that I first off, you know, Passport to Magonia, which again, I don't know if you've read that book, but you do need to read that book. It's like the definitive UFO book. And he wrote it in the 19, he wrote it in 1968. Okay. And he's the first, and he used to, he did what I was doing. He used a lot of archival research to kind of show that this phenomena has been around historically as long as humans have. And, um, and so I, I wrote him a, a hard, e not an email, I wrote him a letter, a hard letter, right? Hard, hard mail. I wrote him an old fashioned letter. And I introduced myself to him and said, you know, I just finished your book. It, it's, I said, it's like my book. And I sent him my book, which was not American Cosmic. It was my book about Purgatory, which was a Catholic history book. And so he invited me to visit him. Um, and I did. And I met him and immediately just kind of like became involved in this group of people. I'm still involved with this group of people who uh, were part of the Invisible College. And I also was had met Tyler, who I, I say is like second generation Invisible College Fight Club. So, yeah. I, so I determined that there's like first generation, second generation. You know, um, I don't know if you know these guys like Kit Green and uh, yes. Al <laughs> Yeah, I know Red all Pit. these guys, you know. And um, 
and have talked to them so many times and, and had, or on, you know, I'm on their email threads. Um, almost like I can't get off of these emails. <laughs> um, some things that need to be said. Um, I see there's one woman here. Okay. So it's like, I was the only one, you know, in all of yeah. that. Um, and I was always like, you know, I, I finally met Leslie Kane and, um, you know, again, it's like, there are, you know, I don't know why there are women researchers, but they're not, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what the, what the deal is with that, but I would always be, I noticed the one woman in the thread, you know, um, and strangely, I would always have some really weird connections that, and then I would introduce people to each other. And I don't know if that's some kind of strange skill I have or what that <laughs> is, but you know, cause I was kind of valuable to keep around because <laughs> people, right. And, um, and I'd say, Hey, James, you need to meet Tyler. And, um, and then Jacques awesome. met Tyler and then Trinity came about. Right. So he, oh, so good. yeah, yeah. That was a great book. Cause it had a lot of history in it too. And I'm a little bit of a history nerd, um, which is why I enjoyed Graham's book as well. But I thought it was an amazing, right from the intro of your book, I was hooked because um, you know, you brought up one of the questions is, you know, contact event, is it religious or does it, is it creating a religion? And the biggest, like, holy cow, I never thought of this before was when you were comparing um, <coughs> basically the world around us to a computer program or internet where we're putting things in and we're getting, maybe we're getting things out. Like maybe it, that to me was insane because being like a spiritualist or a mystic, I do see, um, a lot of people doing like the whole like manifesting, even when I, I grew up Catholic. So prayer, like you're reciting these things over and over again and you're putting it out there and you're putting it out there. So to me, that made such a big connection for some reason between quantum mechanics and just how the world works in general. Like you put it out there, sometimes something comes back. A lot of the time something comes back. But yeah, that was like, that was to me was just, wow, why didn't I think of that? It's true. Exactly. So um, that's interesting that you say that um, because I'm working on an essay right now where I'm basically talking about this the synchronicity aspect of the phenomena. And it seems to me, so synchronicity is something that you find in a lot of religious traditions. And I kind of call it like the engine of belief for a lot of religion and spirituality, like new age spiritualities kind of rely on this idea of synchronicity. And I have a few friends, ones at that, um, you you guys need to read his his uh, his uh, essay. Let me get my pen. <laughs> Zygon. I'll send you a link after this. Um, it's in Zygon, and he's an up and coming, amazing UFO scholar at the University of Chicago. Okay, and um, his name is Hussein Ali Agrama, and he's awesome. And he is basically he and I are like strangely working on this at the same time. This kind of where we're looking at synchronicity and coincidences. And so what I'm suggesting and is this, is that just like what you're saying, uh, Priscilla here, um, there's something, I'm gonna get kind of technical. I hope that's okay. Oh, right. We love right. it. Well, I love it. <laughs> this idea of ontology, right? This, uh, the basic structure of uh, existence, okay? is in my in my understanding from now what I've studied talking with people like Jacques and people who do computer science um, 
I've begun to see it as a the the very fabric of it of our existence is first it's meaningful, which is something that we don't tend to think of. Uh, we don't tend to think of things as intrinsically meaningful, okay? Because synchronicity, synchronicities are always meaningful events. And they're also events in time. Mm -hmm. So when I think about synchronicity, I almost look at it like there's an algorithm that, you know, and now that I've studied so many different religions, including this UFO belief, I can safely say that, you know, part of the algorithm is actually, it's a, no pun intended, but it's a search. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, there's a search going on, okay? It's like an algorithm. We're searching and then synchronicity brings it to us, like you, you know, you're talking about. And the events don't seem to appear in linear time, okay? So we're getting a sense of time that we actually inhabit, but is not linear because we tend to experience mm -hmm. time as linear. Yes. But if we actually just pay attention, I think that we can also experience this this idea of time that includes kind of like a simultaneity that then we experience that as a synchronicity. And what I'm beginning to call this, and um, I'm working it out right now in this essay, uh, which, by the way, I'm going to present to a group in Esalen um in a in a couple weeks two weeks um and it's um the group includes those like the invisible college people and Hussein you know um and so what I, so I'm kind of nervous about doing it but by this time I'm just not nervous I mean I feel kind of nervous <laughs> but I'm thinking you know what I think I've done a bunch of work and I think that I can safely say but there's a lot of people who won't get it and it's this it's that the, the phenomena to me seems like a sentient algorithm. Ooh. Yeah. And another way to say that is it is a sentient event. You know, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> bringing it back to your book, um, you know, you did discuss how there are synchronicities even in our digital technologies. You mm -hmm. know, you can be thinking about uh, a brand of shoes or whatever, and it pops up. You know, and, or just tiny synchronicities like that are kind of yeah. overlapping now to the technology world. Um, synthetic do you, synchronicities. Do you think they're all synthetic, I guess, is what I was going to say. You know, are they all yeah. pre-designed algorithms, or do you think this is following us to social media and such? Yeah, this is such an awesome question. Um, and the one that I, I don't really have an answer for, but I'll tell you <laughs> what I think. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, I always, when I teach certain classes, I always ask my students, do you ever feel like, you know, your media is reading your mind? And everybody <laughs> says that. And it's, it's not just that we know that it's listening to us and it's giving us, you know, what we're talking about. We do know that. It's more than that. Because sometimes you won't even talk out loud. So there are no bots listening to you, okay? that can then generate, you know, because there are algorithms they are going to generate what you talk about, but it's actually what you think. And so I think that some, there's something going on that I don't quite understand, but Jacques Vallée in the 1970s is getting at it, right? In the, the article you found 
um, about, I think, it is, is that the one on video conferencing? Uh, telecommunications, I think, in, in video conferencing or being able to have group telecommunications, yeah. rather. Yeah. yeah. So Jacques noticed it immediately and started to do research on that. And um, people are, have done actual scientific research on computer, like basically computers and their relationships to us in, in a, in a non, you know, in ways in which we don't understand, like it doesn't seem to be causal in the sense that, you know, we can't understand how this communication is happening. Um, I don't quite understand how that's working other than that people have discussed this since like Tellier de Chardon, who was this Jesuit priest in the early 20th century, um, he talked about this thing called the newosphere. I don't know if you know about that, but it, he basically predicted that there would be like, there's our atmosphere, right? There's the stratosphere. And he said, there's going to be this thing called the newosphere. And there's going to be so many people with technologies and we're somehow it's going to be a biotechnology. It's going to come out and it's going to uh, engulf the earth and we're going to be able to communicate through it. And it sounded like he was talking about almost telepathically. So, um, so I don't, so yeah, so I'm just, I don't have answers to that. I don't know. What do you all yeah. think? I mean, that's uh, <laughs> very interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's very interesting. And I guess, you know, uh, one thing that I did pick up in your book a lot was the, 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 the connection between the tech technology, that real hardware and the kind of bio side of things like the, the human element and how you really intertwine the two to a point where I've seen them spoken about a lot before, but you really join them together in the way that made me go, aha, now I kind of get it a bit, you know? So yeah. that really stood out for me. She did kind of glue it all together because I know mm. a lot of people think that. Like, uh, definitely. Just look at what he was asking. Like, I haven't told anybody about this, and here it is on sale now. <laughs> but that's something I got straight away when we were talking about what stood out for me initially was right off the bat was the the, the academic tone of the book was fantastic, but then the way that it was readable like a, a normal book as well. It wasn't just this is over my head kind of thing. It, it blended so well. Uh, and one thing that stood out straight away was the fact that you were talking about people like Dr. Eric Davis, um, so the science side of things. But then you had this big uh, UFO archive from uh, Dr. Brenda Desler. So mm -hmm. you had the material straight away, and so you knew what you were talking about. And that straight away just made me go, I cannot wait now to get deeper <laughs> into this book, you know? Yeah, it was... Um... It was definitely not what I thought when I started. I, I honestly, it just, it became its own thing. And I basically just kept up with it and tried to, let's put it that way. And as the information was coming to me, I was, I just didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do it justice. And um, I'd sit down and it'd come out of me and I start writing it. And I was like, damn. You know, <laughs> are you like, oh, good. <laughs> I was like, really yeah. a journey reading it. Like, it was like following you on your journey. And I really liked that yeah. because you explained how a lot of this, um, these thought process ha processes happen. And you had the scientists backing it. And then with your unique view of, you know, um, how you understand religion and even Catholicism, and you dip into a lot of that, that basically none of this is new. Like, we go all the way back to Samaria. And That's people right. have been having these events happen. And um, you tied that all together, too. What about you, Graham? Was there anything 
like, whoa, I never, I never thought of it that way that came out of the book. Well, I was going to struggle straight away because I'm a more of a nuts and bolts person. I deal with kind of sightings and technology. Uh, my Foo Fighters book is about that kind of thing. So I knew I was going to struggle with the concepts that you had in the book. And also when I came across that bit about, you know, I'm being introduced to someone who's not human. I sort of had alarm bells ringing in my head thinking, oh, no, it's going to be one of these books where we have people making wild statements about meeting aliens and all this kind of thing. But actually, it was much more than that. When I started, as Vinny said, there was a lot more, a lot more depth to the book than I actually initially realized. Um, I'm not one to just to throw away books because I don't either agree or I don't understand. I wanted to get through it. And it was the bit about... Um, how ufology is more of a religion. There's, there's faith involved. There's evidence as well, but that's how people look at religion. I'm not religious myself. I, I consider myself to be an atheist. However, I can still understand the concepts involved. So that made me think a lot more. It took me outside my comfort zone, which is not something I usually do in terms of reading about ufology. So I was quite sort of interested to see where the book would take me. Like Vinny says, it was a journey that I wanted to go on. Uh, I thought the writing style was really good. It, it it just enveloped you in this in this kind of mysticism as well as to what is actually was happening and brought Valet in. And he's something somebody who I read years ago when I was a teenager. But then I sort of not dropped, but if you know what I mean, I sort of mm -hmm. I, I moved on from to the things I look at now. Um, but that makes me think I need to go back and read his his output, because I'm missing something here. And this is a dimension that I don't understand fully, but I want to, because somehow, as you put it forward in your book, it's integrated with the nuts and bolts side of the thing, which I am interested in, and that mm -hmm. I, I believe I know something about. So I need to make that connection. And your book opened the door for me for that. That's very interesting, um, because Tyler said the same thing. And that's why he took me. Well, first, that's why he wanted to meet me was because he was nuts and bolts. Right. Um, and then he, you know, he's basically creating these biotechnologies. Yeah. Um, and so he wanted to take me to New Mexico to actually see what he was doing and that it was nuts and bolts, too. He said, because I was, I understood the consciousness part, right? And how, I mean, the people who developed the rocket technologies for the Russian and the American space programs were weird. You know, they were, they were engaged in some pretty weird rituals and rites. <laughs> and so, um, so one of the things I discovered and um, which I, I'm going to highlight more in the next book is this idea that the people who are nuts and bolts are having some pretty paranormal experiences. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, James, he's like a top scientist and he would, you know, a lot of his, um, the ways in which he would get knowledge are completely not normal for scientists. You know, he would, um, like that's even the case with Tyler. So I guess what I was doing, and then I met Kerry Mullis. I don't know if you know who Kerry Mullis is, but he's a no, he's the Nobel Prize winner in chemistry who um, discovered the polymerase chain reactions, yes. which is so fundamental to everything now, yes. every kind of you know, technology today, that production technology and industry. And, you know, he did this after he had some, some weird UFO experience. And he also, he got his knowledge through some very strange altered states. And um, he's, he's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. 
and you know you can't you can't just say stuff around him because he will make you explain what you mean and have evidence <laughs> for it um which thankfully i was able to do because he was terrifying actually when i first met him and um but what i found was that First, he's, he was, he's passed away since, you know, since the time when I was uh, met him and, and was interviewing with him and everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, today there's the Galileo Project. And I, a lot of my friends are on the Galileo Project. And a lot of people that I, I have a lot of acquaintances who are physicists and are just nuts and bolts. And so since that, you know, since that program has started, um, I get a lot of emails from people who are physicists or astronomers and basically say, I don't know what to make out of the weird experiences that I have <laughs> related to this research. And so they ask me. And so I usually just point them in the direction of valet or something like that and say, this is the book to read, you know, because um, I can't rewrite the same email, you know, or just have a cut and paste kind of response. You know, I, I listen to them and say this, you know, because a lot of time they're actually, um, they're going through what I went through in 2012. They're going through shock. There's a good thing that, that Valet said, and you put it in the book, that the UFO phenomenon, and I'll quote, is a direct challenge to the arbitrary dichotomy between physical reality and spiritual reality. So you've got uh, the nuts and bolts on one side and what I would generally call the kind of consciousness side on the other. But we do see them coming much, much more intertwined these days in the current climate of, of what's going on in the UFO community. So I think they really are starting to become one entity that we can connect pieces of the puzzle with rather than you either look at this or you look at that it, it's not that black and white anymore in my opinion i think well, you're right yeah well, i was just gonna say like how um doctor actually described it in her last video with scott brown who is a dear friend of mine actually by the way so oh, like great. and i had a couple of interviews with him and met him and got close to him before i even read your book which is very interesting so that was a synchronicity for me. Big time. Uh, but you were mentioning um, how there's not just one of these things. So yeah. maybe there is just a nuts and bolts version. And maybe there is one that's just consciousness based. And maybe there is one that's both. You know, <laughs> I, I think there's there's at least what I gather from from looking at this subject is that there could be a lot of different things going on. Um, you know, maybe some just kind of show you what you want to see or what you're able to see i don't know but i think you know the choices could be almost endless especially considering we can't even see most of it you know yeah. <laughs> well, i think because i'm on a personal journey obviously like everybody else is here to try and work out what's going on and because i deal with the kind of physical side of things and the sightings etc then i realized because there is a, this connection that everybody else talks about and i hear everywhere else about the kind of consciousness side as Vinny says that your book brought those together and i felt like i was missing out on something that like you know might not solve the puzzle but bring me closer to what's actually happening um so therefore thank you very much for writing this and thanks for this synchronicity for bringing me together with everybody to read the book because I probably wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah. that's something I have to own up to, um, but it's something clearly that I'm missing out on. So therefore that, that has made me sort of look more towards this side and not rule it out and look and act reading much more along this, this kind of line because I feel that you know there is a gap in my knowledge and I don't like gaps. Yeah. Uh, we all have gaps here, Karim. Yeah. <laughs> different, different spaces. <laughs> yes. So, 
We haven't heard from Olaf yet. You're the one that recommended the book. So every at the end of every um, the hour, we always like draw. I take suggestions from the chat and from people on the panel, and we pull the next book out of the hat because I like having everybody give their suggestions. Because like Graham said, like sometimes like I had this book on my list, but I just had it kind of got lost in the list. You have this ongoing list of books you want to read. So I'm glad that Olaf brought it back up. So Olaf, what was your thing? You recommended this and it was a great pick. Oh, thank you. Um, so I, I'm not sure why, how I came across it, but but it, it just jumped out at me. I think someone mentioned it in an interview or something, maybe something I, I, uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I instantly bought it on Audible and, and, and like just binge, binge listen, listened to it. Uh, and, and for me, it kind of, uh, it kind of bridged my two halves, like the, the, the spiritual side I, I had, um, uh, gotten into it through uh, some ayahuasca sessions and and like kind of gone down that rabbit hole um, and and the same summer uh, maybe a month before that uh, I had my my main big UFO sighting uh, and and for me to to sort of when I heard the book it kind of reignited the 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 feeling that I could mesh them together, uh, and, and it really helped me to look at my art in a new way. Oh, uh, wow. I, I try yeah. to pa paint a lot, and mm -hmm. and suddenly, like, uh, I could start taking the synchronicity more seriously. So, and and it feels like well, it feels like I'm in a video game. My life, it doesn't really. It, feels weird so so i just started embracing it like you know like tyler yeah. i guess <laughs> like well i'll i can skip coffee for a few days i i, I can i can yeah. try to just get rid of all distractions uh go into my meditative mode and and like start painting again and suddenly i was like playing around with thoughts and feelings about i could maybe even talk to my paintings and 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 I would get information back. Suddenly, I would I would wow. sit there and 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 paint, and and I was would ask, well, what's what's your name? <laughs> and it. I would get I would get like a letter, and it was like that's that's a that's a weird that's a weird feeling. Uh, I'll just play around with it like like an exercise, and and then like associatively like bring out a full name, and then like start googling it and it oh that's the latin word uh okay okay uh, suddenly i have uh, a title like advena orbis and then and it's like oh the outlying um, goddess of of orbits and and like planets and like it's like really out there but it's like oh yeah this is this is actually a, a real thing for me and maybe i just created it right now or maybe it's like a, a thing from the past or something but it doesn't really matter where it's from but but i could feel like i could take it seriously in a new level through the book and, and it was really inspiring and uh, so so i really enjoyed enjoyed that part of of my own like it, it kind of led me into a new direction in my life sort of sounds wow. like ad lib research almost it's amazing you yeah. know mm -hmm. yeah definitely 
Well, now we know why your art's so alive, honestly. Um, because when I see it, I'm like, it's different. You know what I mean? A lot of people have talent, but hearing all that, geez, Diana, what do you think about that? That sounds <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So um, I have two. Okay, I have two things to say, and I don't want to lose either one when I go when I start to respond. Thanks a lot. That's really awesome. Um, let me respond because I think this is going to also deepen your video game experience. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. um, so don't let me forget. I want to talk about the visionary artist, Alex Gray. Okay. So first, um, after the book came out, the audience, the two largest demographics of audiences that were emailing me literally. So, I mean, I still get emails from, from them. So usually it's, um, I would say artists and mathematicians. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what do they have in common? Believe it or not, they have a lot in common, but I did not know this before. So each of them, like I had people send me their artwork, send me their poetry, uh, send me books that they wrote. Um, do, you know, that some do like studio art. Some were uh, artists who were getting degrees and they were in art school and they asked me to be on their committees. I mean, it was just overwhelming the response from artists. And I had to think about, what was, you know, what was going on here? Um, I was also getting emails and correspondence and phone calls from mathematicians and the same kind of thing. They were basically telling me, watch this YouTube video about the fourth dimension, you know, watch this thing, you know, read this book about something from the, you know, sixth dimension. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? So I actually started to do it. And I realized that most likely um, now this is going to maybe make the nuts and bolts folks upset or maybe not upset, but <laughs> a little bit you know, out of your comfort zone. Yes, I totally get out of your comfort zone. That's where I've been for the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get back comfortable. I want to go comfortable again. Okay. But it's not going on. It's not happening. <laughs> so, um, so this is what I learned from the mathematicians. First off, I learned that, um, I really, I I think I've been thinking about other dimensions for a long time, but I didn't have any kind of language for that. Okay. So there are other dimensions and they are real and people as far back as Plato talked about what are called platonic solids. Yes. And these are actually <laughs> dimensional objects, but we don't see them because they're not in our dimension. Okay. So we have this kind of three dimensional world and we can't, we can only access this, these dimensions through, certain abstract thinking is one through mathematics. I believe art is another. Okay. So the one pattern that I saw between the artists and the mathematicians was that they were talking about another dimension. They were talking about these other dimensions. And I felt that art was, was actually reaching into these other dimensions, pulling it into our dimension and making it accessible to people. And so I started to have this renewed interest in art. I did a lot of art when I was a kid up through my 20, my early 20s. And then I stopped because, you know, you become an academic, you kind of can't do that. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, my whole understanding of art and its link to abstract places um, became something that I, I had to rethink. And, um, and this leads me to Alex Gray. So I don't know if you know who Alex Gray is, but he's... Um, yeah. He's a very, he's one of the most famous artists in the world. He's a visionary artist. 
and he he was like a um he was back in the day with Andy Warhol. They were actually friends. And so he still does a lot of his art. His art is incredible. I, I, you guys need to see it when, uh, you know, internet search it when we're done here. Um, so I know Alex Gray. I met him through doing this research. And um, he gave this presentation to a small group of people who are interested in UFOs. He does work for like uh, rock bands like Tool and so forth. So he's on the stage and as they're doing their music, he's doing like visionary art and stuff. So he is a visionary artist, which means that he, he believes that he goes to worlds that we can't see perhaps other dimensions. And he then makes those pictures and, sh and they're beautiful. Okay. So what's really interesting is that um, this, this was one of the things that blew my mind in my research. And I, I was struck so much by his presentation. I literally couldn't talk afterwards. I was struck, what do you call it? Struck, unable to talk. <laughs> so, yeah, I was. So his presentation, which he did with his wife, and I can't, I can't get her name right, right now. Um, they did it together. And basically, um, it was, it was basically part of it was this, was that when he and his wife, they do ayahuasca and they do um, hallucinogens, they sit side by side and they have experiences, but they don't talk to one another. Then they each get up when you know they're done and they draw and paint and they basically paint the same thing. So wow. they have the exact same experience, but they've not talked to each other. And so he went through painting after painting after painting of sharing, not just with his wife, but with other artists, these kinds of experiences and sometimes not even um, instigated through ayahuasca or anything like that. Um, and I thought this was fascinating. Um, it also reminded me of a lot of the, uh, the people I was meeting in Silicon Valley who were doing LSD and who were also, they were also accessing different spaces they believed, I don't know if it's true, but they believed they were accessing these spaces that each of them could then help each other build from, almost like this virtual space. And so I started to understand more so our virtual worlds as these other kinds of event, you know, like Zuckerberg is now talking about meta, right? The metaverse. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, it's been around, right? It's been yeah. around for a long time. Uh, so there's a uh, there are these visionary places or these places where either these platonic solids exist or where this these other places exist and, and like shamans or you know visionary artists go to and they bring things back and then they have to use a language to translate what they experience. And a lot of times that, that language either is mathematics or art. Yes. There's no words for when you have an experience like that sometimes. Sometimes it's a feeling and a knowledge that comes. Those shapes are sometimes conscious to some people that go to these dimensions uh, and journey is, you know, spiritual journey work. So that is cool. I mean, so the question I, is, I, you said, <laughs> I, I just, that uh, just to be quite honest with you, that uh, the way you were describing that was um, um, touched me uh, big time. Um, I've always been a like a singer songwriter, and ha most of the time, I don't even know uh, where I'm grabbing my words or lyrics from. You know, I'm just 
writing them down and Olaf, like you once in a while, like it's like I'm reading a book in my mind and the words come out, you know, and I write it down. And sometimes I don't even know what the songs are about until months or years later. And something in my life has happened where it makes sense. You know, oh, that's must be what that's about or whatever. Um, and yeah, I'm still figuring out how that works, but it's um, I just appreciate the way you described it because I thought that was really, really nice. Yeah, really appreciate it. And, and it yeah. feels like this just adds to the synchronicity. It, me and Dan Satistrom, my friend, we, we've been talking a lot about this stuff. And we always slide into this part of, of the conversation with like the where the ideas come from or could they be sentient or like what what is like the the whole creative process feels so divine and and like I don't know. I can't. I can't really put words to it. But but I just. I'm just. I just feel that this is supposed to happen. This conversation as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll give you a really good synchronicity, um, and it's uh, goes back to our last book club. Well, it goes back farther than that. I guess first was Scott Brown in doing that, but next would be um, this gentleman on. Twitter would randomly like send me messages. He's just a nice guy, whatever. And then, um, but the entire time he would always find a place to put in American Cosmic. Have you read American Cosmic yet? <laughs> you get, you have to, you have to read that. Are you reading it yet? Do you, who do you know? There's this Tyler in there. Do you know who Ty, who do you think Tyler is? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't read it. And to be honest, you're getting a little pushy and now I'm turned off. You know, and 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 I I didn't read it, and honestly, I was like, I, I didn't even think about it. I was reading Operation Trojan Horse, and, uh, you know, Invisible College, and all this stuff. But that I wasn't gonna read it for whatever reason. Just and that could have been part of it. And, I, and then, you know, and then we have the book club, and <laughs> the guy tells me recommend that book. You guys got to do that book. I'm like, no, I'm not. And ask him. I didn't. <laughs> and guess who did? Olaf did. And it winds up getting picked. And That's I'm, so funny. I'm like, dude, you, and I texted the guy. I was like, dude, guess what book was picked? <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. Yeah, so it sounds like a book encounter, right? Like you talk about in the book. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I wanted to ask everybody about their book encounters. Yeah. And mine was one by the Dalai Lama. Um, universe in an atom and then honestly and I'm not just saying this because you're here your book wow <laughs> and I'm getting emotional because it's explained so much and it has literally changed the way I'm viewing things it's made me question things differently I've you know grew up Catholic um, Mexican Native American Catholic were very with superstition my grandma was a medium she read cards you know like um, divination and all these weird things they would do. Um, and then I, the second I could read um, after my first, you know, UFO event, when I was five, I was researching every religion. I literally got my encyclopedia. You remember those? Looked up religion <laughs> and it listed all these religions. And I went through one by one and I had a little notebook. But what blew my mind with all of this is events that we see um, around us. Like it blew my mind when you said, it might not be real and we know it's not real, but your our brain mm -hmm. is so sensitive and just so literal at times that it keeps an event and it can turn into a memory. Yes. 
that to me was one of the things besides your book touched me spiritually and like just thinking about it, it was, it's my, it's one of my second book encounters um, for sure. It's, it's the second one. And another one was Miche, which I should not have been reading in seventh grade, but. <laughs> wow. You brought it I, in seventh grade. Well, yeah, I had to go to a counselor. I was in Catholic school. So I was the weird kid checking out UFO books. Um, I, I found Miche at a yard sale and I was like, my grandpa studied philosophy and a little bit in um, California. He was in San Francisco, he was talking about, you know, Vietnam, uh, San Francisco before the war, like he was a heavy. So I, he always talks about philosophy with me. And I saw that and I was like, I was like, oh, he's a philosopher. And it was, um, was it Beyond Good and Evil? Wow. And my counselor's like, this is a really like, you shouldn't be reading this book. <laughs> and well, tell me what I should do. I ended up being a short woman. So now I'm not <laughs> But, you know, um, I've dabbled in Nietzsche and he's so like shocking, you know, so it's funny that you brought that up, too. So your book, like like everybody here, tied so much together for me and just the way you're explaining everything. Um, your book is like my newest book encounter. So mine was before Roswell. Before Roswell? Graham, <laughs> UFO, UFOs before Roswell. Graham Rendell. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, a fi uh, the five dollars was in the post there, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Mine were documents, actually, and honestly, were uh, documents. Uh, my my encounters were um, government documents and running into a whole swath of um, AFS AFOSI documents that weren't on any of the government websites. They were um, put up by a person who passed away four years ago that was known in the community. Uh, he had a huge document um, database and I just, I found it and every one of those, e reading each and every one of those was like, damn, damn, military, military, 55, 53, 57, yep. hundreds of them. Yeah. And um, that for me, was like, they're okay. So I had an encounter. Now I know I'm not crazy. You know, I need I needed that um, because I, I wasn't this type of person beforehand. So um, that was my encounter for sure. And uh, there's, you know, all the synchronicities involved in this one. Definitely another book encounter, I would say. Um, and the book is fantastic, obviously. So what about you, Vinny? Was what was the book that was just like, knock your socks off? Like, and it doesn't even have to be a UAP book, just in general. Um, it is a UAP book, and it, this goes right back to when I first got into the subject. I used to suffer really badly from insomnia, um, and one thing I needed to fall asleep eventually would be talking in my ear, so I would pop on an audio book here and there, but I found The Flying Saucers Are Real by Donald Kehoe. Mm -hmm. um, it was on YouTube, <clears throat> and it was in this oh, wow. specific specific english accent this gentleman who is, is actually very monotone and quite it's boring like but i think that's what sent me to sleep eventually <laughs> but then the problem is i forget where i left off so mm. i did it for over for years i kept putting it on and i think it became a comfort oh. thing this one book this one voice oh. and so i feel like i must have listened to or absorbed that book so many times over the years that I guess that's that's where it all started for me. Well, not not that the interest in the subject, but like I don't maybe know, the, maybe the weirdness. Maybe so. <laughs> I you don't never know. know. 
that could be total subconscious stuff that you're living could out right well now. Could well be. It could yeah. well be. If I'm always drawn to it, even now, if I'm like, it's late at night and I'm just a bit fidgety, I'll be like, flying saucers are real. Pop it on. <laughs> now, flying saucers are real. I think that was Betty and Barney Hill's um, first UFO book. Yes, I saw that in the book, in your book as well. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that. Wow. I love that so much. Yeah. Where what happened to Priscilla? I think she's had probably, a step out of the room for a second. The kid, probably the kids, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I was, was going to... Gonna... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'll wait for her to come back, and I'll tell her. Olaf, what was your book? Um, I mean, I don't have really a specific uh, encounter, like, in, in, in the way it was described in, uh, in your book, uh, but but for me, I would say it's uh, "Magicians of the Gods" by Graham Hancock, uh, Graham which Hancock. R- uh, really fueled my my interest for for uh, like like ancient uh, archaeology and and stuff like that. And and for me to to sort of uh, break break the the ideas of um, what our past could have been like, or what, what our what our reality is looking like right now, it's basically based on something that we have very little uh, knowledge about, and and to to learn more about uh, the the hidden parts of of our past, sort of helped me get to new grips of 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 our reality right now. It like opened up something that that made me question everything i guess uh and and that really helped me um well dive even deeper into the world of ufos and and other more weird phenomena based things maybe that's so cool (laughs) and that actually when i read that book it led me to to um I got to meet him a couple of years ago, and I attended like one of his lectures and got him to sign my book as well. So it so it really felt like a, an important step in my in my evolution, I guess. Um, but I have to also uh, say your book, like this book, it it has been it's been so important. Um, and and it it has like collected so many different things uh, together for me. So so it kind of just reminded me of so many things that you have to don't forget about this and take this as well and just weave it together and use it all and then and then you can see something like a new landscape sort of building in front of you. Uh, so thank you again for writing this <laughs> book. It's That's amazing. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. I have the the kids broken, so <laughs> I'm gonna step away for one more minute. I will be right back. Thank you so much. I apologize. Rams, what was yours? Was it above top secret? Well, funny enough, I mean, <laughs> talking about things that are missing and and trying to establish connections and, and looking at things beyond the comfort zone. So Diana's book, I mean, naturally, I'm gonna pick that in terms of that sort of side of things that it's just showing me something I need to to look at but 
people who know me know that I, I got into UFOs at an early age, about nine year old, when my I was had an interest in science fiction already. I was reading Isaac Asimov as a child, uh, and because these books had really nice picture, pictures on the covers of spacecraft and all the rest of it, my mother bought thought she was doing me a favor. She bought me a book which looked like one of these. It had a title which wasn't the ones one of the ones I had already, and it turned out to be Brinsley Lepoa Trench's Mysterious Visitors, and this was written in 1975. So. That shows you how old I am as well. Um, but it wasn't so much the actual, you know, all the information that was inside. It was just the concepts that were involved that, that blew my mind. Here was me reading about things, about, about other cultures, about other civilizations, about time travel, about um, sort of strange encounters mm -hmm. that just made up all this science fiction. But then here, here what it was in fact as well, or, or something that was purporting to be fact. And... and I was a bit of a sponge when it came to this kind of thing. And it was just, well, come on, you know, it, it blurred the lines between fact and fiction. And for me, that was a big thing because, you know, I had everything that I was reading about in terms of books, which was categorized as fiction. And I had it in a neat little place. And then, yeah, okay, this is not real. And everybody who knew me, you know, that knew I was reading science fiction, oh, yeah, Graham, that's not real. That's all make believe. And I knew that. But here was a book that came along saying that aliens had landed back in biblical times because he had a he had a big thing about uh, you know, Ezekiel and the wheels uh, within wheels and all this this kind of thing uh, and he had a, a quite a lot of chapters in the book about biblical encounters and also ones in the middle ages and, and the airships etc so it wasn't just some, as much as oh this is happening now when people are, are getting all worked up about it it there was quite a history involved and being a being someone who was interested in history and in, in, in ancient civilizations back then, I was interested in the pyramids and ancient Egypt and all this kind of thing. Then that resonated as well. So, in, it wasn't so much the information, like the actual details of the book. It was just the broader concepts that really blew my mind and, and got me into the subject. And then, as I progressed, obviously, I picked up more and more. So that particular book. Um, I, I wouldn't advocate anybody actually reading it because it is quite dated in its attitudes and what it suggests, but it was the one that opened the door for me to seek more information. And so you got into this at a young age and now mm. you do research in UAPs and your book is, can you remind me of your book again? I yeah, it. it's uh, UFOs before Roswell. It's a uh, European Foo Fighters in 1940 to 1944, uh, 45. What an awesome yeah. title. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get it and read Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. So so yeah, so it brought and because I was interested in warfare, um, Second World War, and aviation from an early age as well. It just the ufology angle to that brought everything together. It was just a case of yeah, there's more to this story than it's already been told. But I don't want to I don't want to rehash the book again. That was last month. <laughs> but uh, but that's what it, that's where it led me to. So it got me to the point of where yeah, I was writing a book myself, which I would never ever envisaged back in those days you know and not even 10 years ago not even a year ago maybe 18 months ago would anybody you know who said oh you're gonna you're gonna write a book Graham, and it's gonna you know people are gonna gonna go and buy it I was, you're mad <laughs> <laughs> it's great can, I, great. can I just mention uh, that it was me and dan setterstrom who, who made the cover for graham as well so so diana if you need a cover in the future uh, oh, uh, here we go. i'm always up for making That's art amazing i invited dan today but he said um originally he couldn't make it so he can message somebody if he wants to hop on dan is a great come on he's, he's live in the chat I right know. now he's come on, he told me dan. he couldn't be here 
So I didn't put the link to him. No, but he's, he's keeping it live, uh, keeping everything alive in the chat. It, he is. He's keeping he chat lively. Yes. Yeah, everybody in the chat's awesome. Um, we will take some questions like at the hour after we do um, the recommendation. So, um, can yeah. I ask, ask a question? Um, I was curious uh, in your book. You know, I, I've grown up uh, non-denominational Christian. My whole life was like that. Um, and you don't really hear of people converting from that Christianity to Catholicism. Usually it's the other way around. Yes. Was it simply the, the ritual-based aspect of it? Or was there something deeper than that that got you into, you know, to switch? What was the... I don't want to make it a religion talk, I guess. I was just really curious. You mean about Tyler? Uh, Yeah. Or no, that was you. No, no, you Tyler. Were... Tyler. Oh, that was Tyler. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Tyler grew up uh, Southern Baptist. And then at the end of the book, it has at this Vatican, experience yeah. to Catholicism. I've been, my mother is Jewish and my father was Irish Catholic. And we grew up with the, the rituals of Judaism, but the religion of Catholicism. So that's kind of, I guess I had to go to get a PhD to figure it all out, right? So, um, <laughs> and in California, which has its own substrate of new ageism, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so Tyler had this conversion experience um, and I, I did, could not predict that happening um at all in fact that was when i said this has got to be the strangest part of this very strange book <laughs> was this scientist who grew up in the south and had no clue about catholicism at all and here we're at the vatican and we're meeting all of these people and we're doing this research into a lot of these saints that ha that are levitating. You know, they're said to have been levitating and this and bilocating. And if I, it turns out that one of the one of the nuns had said she had bilocated to New Mexico to the very strangely the very place where we had gone at the beginning of the book. And it, I only figured it out when I was there. In the space. Did he admit to that? Because in the book, you're like, he wasn't going to answer the question. Did he ever admit to that being the same spot? No, no. <laughs> but since then, you know, ufologists are awesome researchers, right? So they've all said, we know that it was this spot, right? So <laughs> <laughs> they go back and they found out where she, I mean, I had a lot of people do a lot of things right after the book was published. I had people go to the Vatican archive and document my, because you have to sign in, they documented my signatures and stuff like that. Like, is that a lot of people who didn't believe me? <laughs> no. And now that the government, the U.S. government has come out basically in June and with this report, um, I mean, that's changed so much. You wouldn't even believe it. Before, I'd, I'd be invited to do a talk at a university. And the, a lot of the people in the audience would say, this couldn't possibly, no, this person doesn't exist. This couldn't possibly be the case. And, well, it is the case. You know, Oxford wouldn't let, you know, they wouldn't let me. They, I would have self-published it if, if we didn't fact check it, right? So, um, so that happened a lot to me in the beginning. Um, but yeah, so this this whole thing about Tyler, I mean, it was weirder than it was than actually in the book as well. Because um, if you're familiar with the Catholic faith, there's this idea of the presence, 
right? Mm -hmm. So the presence of, of the sacred, the presence of God's presence in this, this wafer called the Eucharist. And <laughs> what's that? Oh, no, I said, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I grew up Catholic. So, yep, I know all about the wafer. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he doesn't know about that. He's Baptist, right? So we're in this church, St. Sabina, which is insanely beautiful. It's like one of the oldest Christian churches ever. I think it was that in the 200s that they built it. And it's up on Rome's, you know, the, the, the hill of Rome. And I see this door that has all these, what I would call like UFOs on it, right? And, you know, from the second <laughs> century, and I'm like, you know, taking videos and writing stuff down and, you know, kind of going crazy with this giant door. And I lose track of where Tyler is. And so I go into the church and there's going to be a giant wedding there. Okay. So all these people dressed up in beautiful clothes they we're in Italy, you know, they're looking awesome. <laughs> so they're coming in and, you know, all these things are going on flowers and there's music playing, you know, there's this um, orchestra and I know I have to get him because we can't be in the church when the wedding happens. So I'm looking around and there are multiple different, probably five different places in the church where there's like a, um, like altars are set up, but one specific altar had a monstrance, which is basically for Catholics. It's basically this thing that holds the small wafer, the Eucharist. Hi. Hi. Hey. I, I was crazy. Uh, I thought I would pop in. You said my name like three times and then I appeared. That's how it was. Then, then, then. It's been a pleasure listening uh, to, to you guys so far. Really, really fascinating. Um, like Olaf said, I, I collaborated with him on the, the Foo Fighters uh, artwork, which you can see just up behind me. Um, and yeah, it was incredible to kind of mind meld and and we're pretty convinced we're entangled now we we you know can finish awesome. each other's sentences almost <laughs> i can't wait to read it i like i've seen it because i love the title and you know if you have a good title the book has got to be good right so i've i've seen no. it and i said i've got to read that book but i never knew i'd meet the authors before you know <laughs> that, that, that works both ways um by location to me was an interesting concept because it wasn't something i'd really come across too too much beforehand and it, it appears to me it was almost like a remote viewing in reverse so I you actually so. go to the place rather yeah. than the information comes to you that it was yeah. a, it was an amazing concept it was really amazing i mean to read the the actual you know text and i mean Part of the reason, you know, I was sent there by a billionaire who was very interested. He's a Catholic billionaire. He's very interested in identifying, like, if this stuff was real, if this, this stuff. And I brought Tyler for the space aspect, you know, because Tyler wanted to assess the stuff as well. Okay. We got a lot of fascinating data, too, about this stuff, about the nuts and bolts aspects of it, like metals that are in the earth where so-called craft can be seen. And also meridians, the meridians and stuff. So we got a lot of like technical data um, out of that, that that came about through just synchronicity. I mean, like I said, it was so strange for me to be in a space archive. And then I just went oh, like that, like this, you know, Maria was at the sacred spot in New Mexico. And Tyler's face just kind of went like, whoa. <laughs> and I said, that's it. And he didn't say anything. 
You wouldn't, you know, and I was like, it's it, it's it. Wow. <laughs> so he yeah. had that powerful experience, right? You walked into him on the church and he was basically oh, having right. this yes. big moment, yeah. like this big, like, uh -huh. I don't even know, like, um, I've heard it called so many different things. And I'm sure you have a big name for that shift that happens for somebody um, when they start, they sense the divine and accept it. Yes. That's what happened to him. Um, he was on his knees and. I, we had a translator who also was driving us around that, um, and this person was with me and we saw him, we didn't want to go up to him because he was crying, you know? And so, but he did not understand that he was on his knees in front of the Eucharist, literally. And I couldn't believe it because I knew of his ignorance, you know, I knew that he did not know what was going on. And I, I could tell it was a completely legitimate experience that he was having. I didn't expect it. The woman next to me, the translator, she was, she couldn't believe what was going on either, but she didn't understand the significance of it. She was like, we, you know, how are we going to get him out? <laughs> <laughs> so um, of all the places he could have gone in that church, right. why Who's that? You know, that's what I always ask myself. And then uh, a year later, um, he was invited to attend a, a special mass. I think I mentioned this in the book. You did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On Ash Wednesday um, with the Pope in yes. that <laughs> church. I mean, that was just so weird. I mean, I'm sorry. That, but that was a great way. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how the book was going to end. Um, but that last chapter, that's the last chapter, right? I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. Just seeing his experience, because I, you know, I've, a lot of us have had some experiences like that. But for it to happen to him, this, uh, you know, he was such a character and he was so sure of everything. And yes. for everything, for him to be touched so beautifully like that. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned the Holy Spirit later on. And um, mm -hmm. that is definitely like a presence, even being, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a Catholic or Christian right now. Um, I'm kind of witchy and I have not on the coven or anything, but <laughs> um, just those, those be those divine presences will make themselves known. And yes. I have experienced the Holy Spirit. And it will break you down and it takes you to a place. Um, it's almost like super liminal space. Like you're just mm -hmm. somewhere else at the moment. But you're right. Going up to that, he was drawn to that area. That is insane. And like you said, he would not know that um, that represents the body of Christ. He didn't. There were so many things he didn't know that I told him. And, and that's when I recognized that it was actually quite remarkable, miraculous. I don't know what you call it, but... Um, like um, we did a mass in a St. Peter's with uh, the father. I call him Father McDonald. <laughs> and we're the, <laughs> we're the only non-religious people there. We're not, I'm not a nun. He's not a monk or a priest, right? And so it, we stuck out like sore thumbs, but we were with this guy who could take us anywhere. <laughs> and so he took us to, um, I don't, I keep, I, I know I've got it right because my editor made us fact check it, but I forgot which Pope it was, his incorruptible body, right? So yeah. I don't know if you guys know what an incorruptible body is of a, <laughs> it's the dead body of a saint, okay? And it's in glass and it looks pretty darn gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, 
Tyler's like had no clue what was going on. Like we were having a mass. We were actually, we had kind of like a fight before that because I can't even remember why, but I was, I had some things to do and he wanted to kind of do something else, like a sightseeing thing. And I was like, we're not here to do that. And so we kind of did, you know, cause when you're traveling with somebody, you know, that it brings out the worst and the other, you know, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> exactly. Fight. We were fighting about something, not serious, because I don't have serious fights with yeah. people, right? But it was that, you know, we were kind of annoyed at each other. And then, you know, the father took us to this mass that he was going to do. He's doing it for us. And he was doing it over the incorruptible body of this dead pope. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Tyler has no clue. He doesn't even know that it's this awesome thing that we're in St. Peter's Cathedral. Right. <laughs> So he's, you know, he's Mr. Awesome, right? He's Mr. Like, Uber. he had quite the presence there from what you were writing. Like he name dropped himself and you said there was like a, in his credentials and there was like an applause and they introduced you as, oh, she's a professor. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Well, the, I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, he has some kind of magical thing going on. I don't know what it is, but yeah. So we were there and then I think it was, it was even like maybe when we got back to the States, maybe like weeks later, when he asked me to explain, he had a lot of pictures because, you know, he's all outfitted with like photo, you know, like he can take all kinds of, I don't know how he does it. He's like James Bond, but he, <laughs> he, you know, so he had all these videos and pictures and things. And so we had to go through it because he needed to know a lot. And he said, what's this? And I said, what's that? And I pointed to the incorruptible body. And he said, yeah, he goes, what's that thing dressed like Santa Claus? That's a dead body of a pope. And he's, you know, he's Southern. So this is what he said. He said, you what? <laughs> yeah. like, Southern thing to say. And I was You're like. like <laughs> You're like, I, hey, I wrote a whole book on purgatory. You're not leaving ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another one I want to tell you about Tyler because it's funny. Um, I shouldn't be saying these things, but I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, Tyler's then in this process of conversion after we get back from, you know, um, the Vatican. And I tell him, he's like, so what's next? And I said, you're going to have a full confession with the father, Father McDonald. And he goes, what's that? And I said, you're going to basically have to tell him every bad thing you've ever done. And again, he says this Southern thing. He's like, do what? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to tell him every bad thing you have done. You know, you've got to get it off. You know, if you're going to convert, you have to actually convert clean. And so he didn't like that. And so, um, but a couple of days later, he called me back and he said, I've got to figure it out. I know how I'm going to do this. And I was like, okay, what, what are you going to do? And he said, it's basically a briefing. <laughs> An intelligence briefing. <laughs> I can't imagine sitting down a priest and be like, click, here's my slideshow of all these horrible things. That I've done. I made a presentation, Father. Some of us need a presentation, but that is just hilarious. It was like he had to conceive of it in his framework, and he'd have briefings, right? Which are not fun to go through. I've been through one. 
And basically, this person who's a security person for a three-letter agency basically sits down and get, gets all the information out of you. And they're not nice about doing it. And so, you know, they scare you. They say, if you, you, know, if you do this, this is going to happen. I mean, so basically, he had to reconceive it. Oh, it's because you can't lie. No. Um, there are now things that are way upscaled lie detector tests, right? That look at your eye movements and stuff. And they use those when they brief people now. And so he couldn't lie. There's nothing Tyler did that he could lie about ever to the security people. He had to tell everything. And so, um, or else he'd lose his position. And so he just re he rethought of what this confession was going to be. And he thought of it as a briefing. That's so funny. That's pretty funny. Wow. If anybody's ever been to confession, you this adds to the humor. Like, I just can't imagine sitting down, mean old Father Greg, for a briefing from Catholic school. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to Catholic uh, secondary school, so it, it's weird to think of that in hindsight as six years of briefings. That was so funny. Yeah, they do make you go. So I think we reached a really good stopping point. We are just over the hour by 11 minutes something uh, almost 12 but i wanted to take a break if anybody needs a break if somebody has to go um if you guys want to hang out longer we can do that but you can decide um after we do our little book recommendation so if you have a book to recommend in the chat go ahead and put it in now and then i'm going to go around and get everybody's recommendation so we're recommending a UAP, your favorite UAP book, or what you want to read next month. So maybe something that you want to reread, or that you feel like you want to read, it's been on your list kind of thing. So let's start with Graham, what's your book? Oh, right, okay. So this comes under two different titles, this book, and it's oh. the other title is quite famous. This one isn't, it was reprinted, and people didn't like the second one, but this is the only copy I've managed to get. So it's actually called Clear Intent, but that's what it got repackaged as. And uh, there we go. So it's Lawrence Fawcett, Barry J. Greenwood. They're both fairly well, certainly Barry uh, Greenwood, certainly a well-known name. Uh, yeah. And that's what you can get it under as well. Um, but Clear Intent is is the name of the book, really. Uh, that's just some kind of, I don't, know, I don't know why the publishers decided to repackage it and rename it. And yeah. it didn't go down well. But it's what's inside the book that's more important. Okay. And it's basically just like, you know, tracking kind of, um, the, the cover-up, uh, the, the use of documents to try and find out where the government have effectively lied about the situation. So that's the one I recommend. Clear intent. Okay, clear intent. I wrote down both names just in case. Um, Thank you. So, Olaf, you had the winning pick last time, and everybody won, and <laughs> because it was a great book. But um, what is your pick for this month? Uh, I wanted to pick. I, I didn't. Uh, it was a hard hard one for me but i started to listen to to the ross coltart book so in so sight, yeah. in plain sight yes uh so great I, I book think we we yes. could we could probably get him on right <laughs> i hope so that's what i said yes. if you guys recommend if your book gets picked since you're all more famous than me i'm like this little baby youtube channel stay at home mom we can get ross we can so get if ross. If awesome. your book gets picked and it's somebody I can't get, I might be like, hey, buddy, can you help me out? <laughs> I don't know anybody. <laughs> All right. And then, Sean, what is your pick? Um, I'm going to stick with uh, Operation Trojan Horse. Okay. Yeah, because I think uh, that is a great book um, for a lot of the stuff going on right now, I believe. 
um, as far as uh, the trickster aspect of, of things. All right. And then nice. we'll go to Diana. What is uh, What book should we all read next month? Oh, and she's going to join us, right? <laughs> she has an open invitation now. <laughs> um, she, she's she's going to get the link, just like uh, Olaf and Dan. I'm like, you guys are yeah. always welcome. Everybody that's like here is always welcome. What have you read the uh, um, Passport to Magonia? I think that I, it's on my list, and I have not read it. Nope. Read then it. I would I would suggest that one. Um, oh, Why don't wait. we just do that? <laughs> no, no, no. Or John Mack's book, Abduction. Ooh, oh, the, yeah. Passport we'll put them both in because we're going to take more from the... Uh, the more the better. Yeah. Last time I think it was just a, a few people. and the, So the yeah. other one was Abduction? Okay. Yeah, John Mack's Abduction. Both good choices. Yeah, I've read that one, but I'll reread it because it's, it's been a minute. All right, Mr. Adams. I am going with Jacques Vallée as well, but I'm going with Dimensions. Ooh, uh, I've not read it yet. I've literally got a stack of about 15 books next to me <laughs> I have... yet to read. So, yeah, Dimensions. Do you have Apple? A, a case book of Alien Contact. Do I have what? Sorry. Do you have uh, Apple Podcasts? Yes. Many, you can type in uh, his name in Dimensions, and there's like an interview from the 80s or whatever with him talking about wow. that book. Yeah. Man. Yeah, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, Mr. Valet as well for me. Thank you very nice. much. <laughs> okay, so Valet's got two in there. Um, and I've been dying to read more of his stuff. So, um, And Dan, I know you have a great recommendation in there. I'm going to go for Ingo Swan's Penetration. Wow. It's one that's been on my pile for a while, and it looks... I don't know. It's what I, I haven't felt ready to read it yet, and I know it's going to come to me when it's meant to. And so I'm just going to keep pouring it out there until it gets picked from the hat, and then I know it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's how this works. It's basically like a, you can be a little selfish and be like, well, I have been wanting to read that, and now I have an incentive, <laughs> which is going to be my my pick is going to be Extraterrestrial by Avi Loeb because I've been wanting to read Ooh, it. Oh, nice. And um, he's kind of – I want to get him before he writes another book because I feel like once those little – those not little, but once those – once he starts looking out, I think he's going to obviously find something. And plus, just I want to read him. He's so interesting to listen to. So I can only imagine like authors put so much into books. It's just I, I love it. So so you guys, um, I'm going to go through the audience and see. I'm going to go from the bottom up. So we have simulated multiverse. I have to go. You do? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, don't. Yeah. You could oh, at least yeah. pretend. No, have, have you read that book and it's not great? Is that why you're leaving? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have a question. Is it UAP related or UFO related? So do you guys know? Is what? what what's um, the question? Simulated Universe by Riz Verk. Uh, a wave soul is it? Oh, that will be oh, um, to do with the simulation hypothesis, where yeah, Riz yeah. works in, in kind I of think that, that area. Plays in. I'm open to sciencey things that would definitely play in because that definitely, definitely plays fits into, in. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've got simulated multiverse. I'm going for a bathroom break. Sean, love you, bro. Um, yeah, I'll see you over in the other room. Sean. <laughs> Bye, Sean. Thank, Bye, thank Sean. you so much, uh, Doctor, for doing this. Uh, hope I get the chance to talk to you more. You're awesome. So thanks, everybody. Thank you for coming. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and then we have the next one is, oh, sorry. 
<laughs> oh no, I should probably go too because I I had uh, we have my daughter has some friends over for dinner. So oh wow, okay, yeah. No, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for I, me. I will message you with the next book that gets picked uh, for sure, and definitely look forward to hearing more about your your the book you're working on at some point. And everybody, if you haven't read this, she's about to go. So read it. Um, get sticky notes so you don't ruin your book and put little ears in it and writing it. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming, Diana. We appreciate you and your work, and we can't wait to read more. Yeah, I'll be back, and I'll have I'm I'll be ha have read the Foo Fighter book, Graham's book, and oh yeah, we'll have to have a Foo Fighter part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Diana, I have to. We have spoken on email. Um, I'd love you to join me on my channel sometime. Of course, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I, I will see you in a few weeks, Diana, as part of That's that right. UFO That's podcast. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 You. And I'm looking forward to that immensely. I've been biting my tongue with questions today because I'm just going to write them down for you. <laughs> <laughs> good questions. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Take care. Thank Bye, you. Diana. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. All yeah, right. So I'm gonna, you right. guys can kind of like hang out. Oh, I'm going to get other lady. people's uh, suggestions. Yeah, let's do that. I ran to the bathroom and then when she said she was going because I've still got my AirPods in, I had to run back. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm telling you, like, okay, well, go, go potty. So we got yeah. The Believer go by potty. Ralph Blumenthal. Good manners, though, you know. Yeah, very good. I could have done a very different way. All right. Vinny, you need, a bottle, you need a bottle and a tube. <laughs> <laughs> the F-16 pilots call them piddle packs. <laughs> you know, that's, you guys are lucky you can just do that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying because I know you'll hear it. He's got his AirPods in. Yeah, he's also not muted, and he, he has oh, no. voice from the AirPods, so we can hear everything. Sorry, oh, my gosh. Running? We're hear it. let's time it. You know, I know guys like to take super long potty breaks. Um, he's spilling something <laughs> on the floor, I think. He's pouring some coffee. Yeah, more wine. Oh, okay, so we have <laughs> this one. We have a lot of people with suggestions, which is great because. One day, can we all fly? Can we all fly to the same place and do this around a table, please? Absolutely, contact in the desert, guys. I'm already telling my husband that's where we're doing our family vacation. I'm like, the kids have to go to their first UFO convention in Joshua Tree. He's like, I thought you hated the desert. I'm like, well, I want to meet my friends in real life, so contact in the in the desert. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely joining for that. Me and Dan, we're coming for that as well. Uh, I was in contact to design uh, their T-shirts for the concert in the uh, contact in the desert. Yeah, really? that's right. Didn't pan out uh, with the digital version th uh, this time, uh, but the, like they were having the virtual thing. We want to go there, obviously, so we'll pos postpone it until later. So I think I got everybody from the chat. Oh, sorry, Red Panda. She had to go so we didn't get into an hour or two, but maybe you can send Vinny this question since he's working on getting her on his show. Uh, do, yeah, do the um, same to Andy as well, um, file them over, because we, we will speak to Vinny generally, and you know we'll, we'll make sure we're trying not to double up and things like that so we yes. can get the most out of both our time with Diana. Absolutely. All right. I have one more. So we have Graham Hancock, Fingerprints, of the gods from Neil. I'm trying to write fast, but so I can read it because I have. Ah, take I don't your time have, school, we're just hanging I don't out. have like the girl, like you know, like girl cute handwriting. <laughs> so, firestorm. 
I do realize when when Lou brings out his book, we're going to have to pick it anyway, and then we can just oh, get him on the channel. That's going to be like the honorary book, and I feel like everybody here knows him except Every, for everyone. Just you pick it. It. <laughs> that month, everybody will just pick the book, so it gets picked anyway. <laughs> All right, so we're going to pick, guys, UAP hat with this awesome cool hat from somebody. <laughs> Ooh, look at nice. that shiny, shiny. <laughs> Hey, one flew out. Is that I know it? the guy that makes them? <laughs> oh, really? I hear he's not. Very oh, nice. Sean's not Shane, here. Shane Look at he's all right. Just don't go to Butlins with him. Look what flew out, <laughs> That's a private joke. Sorry, guys. I mean, it sounds worse than it is. It sounds worse than it is. Basically, I went to Butlins with a bunch of guys that were kind of acquaintances in school, not so much friends. Um, and I disappeared midnight and just got up to hijinks and they found me. Uh, well, I'm told this. I don't remember this. I, I basically got a tree from outside and brought her into the living room and decorated it with glow sticks that I found off people who were out <laughs> raving. And they came in to me, just sat with a cup of tea and admiring my work. And yeah, I it was very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It explains a lot. Uh, all that's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, you know, when the chips are down, I go create stuff. That, that's what yeah. I do. That's the You're spirit. <laughs> all right, so one flew out while I was shaking it. That's got to be the one. That's, that's, that's got to be the one. Yeah. Okay. That's all right, one. Sean's going to miss it. Operation Trojan Horse. Yeah. Whoa. So Very we're going nice. <laughs> Wait, that, Diana was enthusiastic about that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. enthusiastic about that. So, so when, yeah, when, yeah. You, when she goes on your guys' shows, you're just going to have to sweet talk her about coming back to talk about that book. <laughs> hey, like from, from an audience perspective, like I was watching you guys for, you know, the, the full time. Um, Baroni here for a bit. This was a fantastic show. Like, oh, bravo, yeah. Aww, that's so um, sweet. This is the UFO book club. Oh, yes. I think it is. I think it is. It's, it's like a nerdy thing to want to have. Um, but I've always wanted to be part, like, I always go to these book clubs and it's like, not to be mean guys, but like lame books that you don't learn anything from. I'm going to, I have to learn something or it has to be really good sci-fi, like The Expanse, like, um, like that book collection's great or do. Oh, I didn't know I could recommend The Expanse. That changes things. Um, <laughs> I am open to reading like fun books on the side. So I always read a UAP book and then I read like my little spirit spiritual books, um, like last time it was about um, poison plants and how to use them. So cool. watch out. It's gonna, no, it's um, it's actually using them for entheogenic purposes because a lot of poison plants are actually um, great teachers when you're in journey. So I read a spiritual book. I read my UFO book. But if you, my husband has the first Expanse book because we saw the series and he's like, I have to read the book now. And I'm all about some sci-fi. So if you do have good sci-fi, let me know because I need to get stocking stuffers for him. So... <laughs> What's the one there? The three thingy majiggy. That... Oh, the three body problem. Is that yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's too far. I, I, there. I, there you go. Great. Uh, yeah, Lou, Lou recommended that okay, one. Okay, well. awesome. Um, but it's a yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, so we can have like a side list going for things that aren't UIP. But Priscilla, you also have the foundation. Speaking of oh, Asimov. Asimov. Oh, yeah. Asimov. Anything Asimov. When Diana was talking about being in the Vatican and seeing the body of the, the old Pope <laughs> and that, it just made me think of the, because I've been watching the series Foundation and they've got the empire, old, the old empire in glass cases that just yes, yes, great into my they, head. They made it into a, like, uh, 
Wow. Yeah, um, it's on Apple TV Plus. Oh, wow. Bro, um, yeah, watch it. Sci-fi in this house. And, yeah. you, watch and I really want to get incredible. that video game that you guys have been playing. Oh, I played but, it tonight um, just before I jumped oh, on. It was bad. It was bad, though, because I downloaded a, um, Mass Effect under my husband's profile. He was not happy. Um, <laughs> but I was, like, addicted to the Mass Effect thing because I played that since, like, PlayStation. And it was, like, I was in college, and I was, like, I would, I would literally like, I had like a, a winter break and my husband's brother got it for me. And then I simultaneously decided to hurt my knee. So I was like laid up and he bought me Mass Effect. And I was doing all my classes online because I was hurt and I couldn't get around campus. And my teachers were cool with me because I had good grades. So I stayed home and did all my stuff from home, but I finished it super fast. And then literally it was like this, like I, it, it ended up going into winter break. So I would wake up, make some breakfast, plop down, put my foot up play mass effect <laughs> well this game um xo1 is it's just a relaxing game you there's no goal you cannot die you just explore and just i played it for about 20 minutes before we did this and i got onto the ocean level so you control this ufo and you just jump in in and out of the water and you can control gravity a bit and turn into an orb and it's what? just incredible Looks That's very awesome. meditative. Is it? Yeah. I so it. I, I was just gonna say, like, 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 you probably kind of get into that zone when you play in it and you lose yourself in it. So keep, keep going and keep a little break. notepad yeah. next to you and do your first attempt at remote viewing, please, because I want to. Dude, get I've, into been this I've been doing it. I've been doing it. Wait, are you guys gonna cool. play at the same time and try and remote view each other? Is that what's going on? Um, I've. I mean, I'm. I'm happy to give out the number if you want. I've been given the guys remote viewing targets. Um, quite some and time given a go yeah um and oh actually no i won't say who i i was i've given someone else remote viewing target but i'm not sure if they'll want oh that say. could be another fun thing i mean like because i know sometimes my friends like we want to do stuff like that but i don't have anybody to do it with so i have like one other friend that wants to do weird things so uh, like, viewing i have four more people to do weird things <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so maybe maybe i can give out the number and then next time we can come back to it and we can just say people have a week to just you know do a sheet and just see what they come up with and then i'll share the the photo um so the number is eight three eight eight four five nine eight let's get the people in the back eight three eight eight four five nine eight opt in the chat nice Eight three eight eight nice. four five nine eight. So that is not a coordinate of a location or anything like that. It's just a random number that I have assigned to a target. And oh, everybody's cool. job this week is to just, when you zone out, when you're watching a movie or something like that, just draw something on paper and see what comes when you think of that number. Very and then the next cool. time we all meet up, I'll show you the photo and you can see how you did. It's I a bit more subtle it. than that, but you know, it all's got to start somewhere. I, I really like that. Um, there's also a remote viewing um, game. It's not a game. It's an app. Have you guys yes. seen it? So it's kind of funny because I was like, I think I overthink the colors. But my two-year-old walked up and was just like, I like that one. I want that one. And they were like coming up. And I was like, babies oh. are weird. Babies are creepy. <laughs> yeah, I'm you're right. It's, it's totally, you overthink it. And yeah. like with, with that app, because there's one where you choose four colors and then there's another one where you choose, it gives you four photos of locations, but oh, you've got to kind of zero them down. It says, is it natural or man-made? And it kind of does it that oh, way. That's cool. um, but yeah, the colors one, I get much better scores 
when I just go as fast as I can. Yes. And it, yeah. And it's crazy, like better than a coin toss. And it's just consistent. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was getting all happy because it makes like a high pitch sound. And that's supposed to start training your brain, basically. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's like a it's almost like if you if you meditate with like a certain essential oil or in a certain place, you when you walk into that place where that sounds playing or that oil is or that crystal, whatever you're working with, you like automatically are able to get into like the liminal spaces. Uh, yeah, for easier, sure. Easier, but you're doing it super fast with, like you said, just go, go, go. And now we're talking about remote viewing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. We kind of... <laughs> awesome. No, I'm about it. Like, I, I talk about, I mean, I don't really, I don't have anybody to talk to besides you guys. And then my Wednesday nights with Artemis and whoever comes on in between. So this is, this is good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we can keep practicing until we all eventually get to read Ingo Swan's penetration. And, yes. and then we'll all be masters. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good plan. I'm actually going to write down everybody's picks from here, too, and just keep like a running list, too, because um, I feel like everybody had great suggestions. <laughs> so um, we are at an hour and a half now. Uh, if there's anything else anybody wants to talk about, go ahead and talk about it. Um, if not, then you're all dismissed. Okay. <laughs> Hang do, do you mind if I then. say about my the raffle? Oh, yeah. If you guys, yeah, let's do that. If anybody has anything going on, um, talk about it. So at the moment, I'm running a raffle. It's going up until uh, Christmas Day, basically. Closes Christmas Eve. Um, but we're raising money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and for Humane Society International, working with children and animals to, you know, very important facets of life here on Earth. Um, but yeah, we're raising money for them. We're up to 2,200 pounds at the moment, which is incredible. Um, the prize of the raffle uh, for the random draw is a signed Lou Elizondo poster, uh, the truth poster that I designed. Um, he signed that when we met him in London, and it's awesome. Um, and then the person who donates the highest amount gets an actual personal thank you call from Lou himself, mm -hmm. uh, which is incredible. As Andy likes to say, it's one of those priceless prizes that in this case, money can buy. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, go.rallyup.com forward slash truth. Tell your friends. I'll, <laughs> I'll add it to the description too. That way people can just cool. go look at it and we'll post it thank and everything. We'll, we'll be adding some more prizes as well um, from the community. Uh, there's one from Olaf uh Ooh. that will be added uh but yeah basically even if you've entered already you will be entered into those uh, i think parties. it's that one actually is it that one i think it's that one oh. yeah, that's, definitely... in the corner there. <laughs> that's just <laughs> i think it's <laughs> that one. for everyone um, asking about the video game i i have posted in the youtube chat it's not coming up on the chat on Streamyard. so yeah i don't see it that's strange, mm. but it's coming Did up you on YouTube. Post so the YouTube. link. Yeah, I posted the link on YouTube, but it's not. It might not. Yeah, some chats they don't show oh. links. Okay, so it won't show. Yeah, uh, everyone just Google XO one E X O and then one O N E. It's on Steam. It's I think it's available on Xbox and stuff like that because yeah. a lot of you seem not to on PlayStation. It, yeah. Sadly, <laughs> XO one. Check it out. It's like thirteen pounds on Steam. It's so cool. Are you a PlayStation yeah, it's so guy? Cheap and fun, Vinny, and I don't access it because I can't because my platform doesn't, <laughs> and I use Max. <laughs> so our PlayStation got water poured on it by oh, no. four-year-old. It's sitting in a bag of rice forever now because we haven't even tried to work it again. Is it okay to put four-year-olds in bags of rice? 
Um, <laughs> when they're really bad, you know, you want to preserve the freshness of the four-year-old. So. <laughs> I love that you went with that. <laughs> You're my people, Priscilla. Sorry, guys. I didn't really put them in. The people were like, oh, she's a witch, and she puts her son in, right? <laughs> you guys need to be worried about me. I'm like, <laughs> you saw how they, they picked the lot to get down here, guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I probably didn't go somewhere all the way, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to leave. I was like, nope. A little hand was like. <laughs> so that's super cool. Go enter the raffle. That's a lot of great prizes. And if Olaf's adding to it, it's like, it's just getting better and better. I'm pretty sure that I entered, but I'm going to do it again just in case. Um, if you haven't entered that, it's for a great cause. Dan and Olaf are always doing great things for um, very selfless things. So thank you guys for doing that. Vinny, what do you have coming up next? What have I got next? Oh, wow. Let me just check my schedule. I've got quite a bit coming up. Um, one thing I wanted to state is James Ian Dolly has just announced Contact Week, oh, December yeah. 12th through 19th is another one of his kind of things where a lot of people in the community focus on are now going to be focusing on the contact, uh, contact aspect of the phenomenon. Um, with that in particular, I've got a couple of things coming up on youtube a big one i've got is melinda leslie is going to be talking about her experiences with a presentation on my channel um, um other than that i've got um god jay king from the experiencer group is coming on my show oh, nice. i've got nice a, later on this week i've actually got omar lara who was on the uss nimitz oh back in 2004 and witnessed something very strange um, so that's cool. coming up this week. I've got loads of other stuff. I'm not going to plug them all, but yes. follow me and you'll see. <laughs> yeah, I have this. I'm pretty sure I have your link tree too. Um, oh, I have to add you. Dan's and I'll add the drawing um, link too. Oh, we should we should say, Vinny, the Andy and I are on Vinny's channel on Tuesday. Oh, God. How could I forget? Um, this Tuesday, that's the next day. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I, I forgot as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be on Vinny's channel this Tuesday. And this it's Tuesday. actually the very first interview that Andy and I have done together. Uh, oh, I realized cool. earlier today, so I was like, "Ah, oh, that's gonna be fun." Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Did you realize, Dan, that your guys' podcast was the first UFO pod? Like, obviously, it's called UFO podcast. But when I started looking for like a podcast that wasn't um, like uh, other like paranormal, but just UFO, I couldn't find one. And then your guys came up, obviously. I searched UFO. So I could never tell you that I I didn't I didn't think I'd ever because I hear you, you know, kind of like co-hosting. I never thought that I'd be talking to you <laughs> in person because that was like that's my go-to. It still is my go-to, like running errands, UFO podcast is on. And it's kind of funny. I have a funny story about podcasts because Vinny, I don't know if it's the last one you uploaded with Lou about the five pillars. Yeah. But my husband gets in the car and he thought he was listening to NPR and he's like listen your podcast that's a glowing review came yeah. on spotify automatically when he got in the car because we share a spotify <laughs> and i think that's the last one of yours that i listened to on spotify so he's like <laughs> listening to it he's like oh this is pretty cool he's like yeah it was some british guy talking and i was like anyway, so i thought it was like british npr and then he's like then that blue elizondo guy came on that you always talk about <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he's like but i liked it so he liked that it was kind of funny because yeah <laughs> so we were nice. pulling him to the ufo side <laughs> nice that's so, cool. 
That's awesome. We'll see you guys on Vinny's channel. And then, Graham, do you have anything going on? Anything coming up? Any articles? I know you've written some recently. Are you? I've just yeah, I've just had a couple of things put put in the in the debrief, so people can check those out if they like. Um, actually, I'd really just like uh, people to support uh, Olaf's artwork and Vinny and Dan's and Dan's show. Well, Andy's show, but obviously uh, Dan's such a big part of it. So I'm just, I really I'm just guy in the chair. Yeah, I, I, that guy. That's. I'd really, I'd really just like people to support their work. Uh, that, that's all I'd like to say. Thank you. And I think one thing we should say is that we are looking, there are a few people in the community that really are trying to push things forwards with um, advocacy as well. So if you're in the US and you want to do your part, you can write to your senators and Congress people and all that kind of stuff with templates that are on uh, the UCR website, the bigphonehome.com. Yes. So if you're in the UK, we need that big push to get our MPs and politicians talking. If you go to uapmedia.uk, there are templates there for you to contact your representatives over here in the UK. Um, for me personally, I think it's a big issue. Uh, you know, if you want to get involved, please get involved. Your voice does count. Yes. And a lot of people are kind of um, like, oh, well, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Like, why are we? Well, it takes every, it's the pillar, right? It takes yeah. a little bit of everything. Like what I want more people to start pushing it. So if these people need their government to acknowledge it, then to believe, then I'm all about it. And if it takes Demi Lovato making a show to get people on board, oh, I'm about it. Because yeah. people that are meant to fall off will fall off. And it's not going to hurt having more people um, pushing towards the same goal, even if they don't like each other. Yeah, and, we're on the same um, team, right? Yeah. And it's just, uh, it takes, we, it, if, I like a lot of people are like, well, I didn't need the government. Well, neither did I. I've had like crazy experiences. I don't need it. But I am, it's a morality thing at this point. And yeah. it's been a morality thing. They have lied. Accountability and, as exactly. well. Exactly. They need to be held accountable like around the world. The governments around the world and their agencies within need to be held accountable. They cannot lie yeah. for so long and just keep doing it because we all have, you know, like we have the future generation we have to look out for. Sure. Um, like you mentioned that your daughter, like this is one of the reasons you're doing it. 100%. Like I look at my kids and I'm like, they're already being taught like um, history. He's already being taught like the whole like like Thanksgiving here for me is kind of like touchy subject. My dad's side's Native American. Yes, it's to get together, be thankful. But they're already teaching him the pilgrims and the Indians sat down. And I'm like, do I have to have like an alternate history class for this kid already? <laughs> He's four. So, um, but the same thing with UFOs. Like he's think about this generation is going to grow up just talking about ufos because he'll be like looking at the sky and be like is that a ufo like <laughs> yeah oh my god that's a plane yeah, absolutely. That, that's a big part for me is the education right now um and and looking to the next generations because there, there are people in the community that say that we here today will never know the answer to this we will go to our graves with it as a mystery but I want to make sure that my nephew gets to find out, yes. you know, I want him to have a goddamn hoverboard, you know, like <laughs> plant, plant the tree. And, and a real one, not one of those weird ones that explodes when you charge it. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 good ones. Good one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because even if you don't have kids, like you still, you know, those, you still have to think about the future. And that's the mistake that we've made as humans over and over again, only thinking in this present moment and resources especially and stuff like that like we're taking everything and people really don't care about the future in some cases because they're not going to be here and they don't have a faith maybe they don't think they're going to reincarnate or whatever you know like some people that have that reincarnation thing might do a little bit more but um yeah it's definitely important to get more people uh, 
to advocate for disclosure, something small. Like I didn't understand that I was advocating by just sharing posts. Like when I first started um, in the scene, like sharing yeah. Vinny's posts, you yeah. know what I mean? And other people's yeah. posts in the community that that counts because people like you have your friend group that might be following you that doesn't follow Vinny or Dan or Olaf or Graham and they follow yeah. you and they see something by you and then they're turned on to their pages and more resources and they have like resources from there it's like a big beautiful like tree <laughs> that keeps growing so I think yeah I think a big thing good. I think a big thing is spread positivity about the subject whether it be you advocating for government disclosure whether you be advocating for experiences or witnesses to UFO events doesn't matter across the and you board don't have to whichever, pick a side. no and whichever aspect you come from push it in a positive manner yes. so that people feel comfortable pushing a positive message, yeah. then that conversation will, will just expand naturally by itself. But any negativity that creeps in will cut the conversation in my opinion. Yes. You know? That's one thing yeah. I learned um, from Andreas um, Freeman on Twitter. He's just like, just zero tolerance, just cut them because um, it's only a matter of time before you get trolled on, you know, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah me and my uh provocative pictures you know <laughs> that was like a nightmare i was like i didn't do anything i'm minding my own damn business <laughs> I, messaged Vinny, I was like oh my god what do i do hey if you're oh. drawing in the trolls you're doing something right right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like and then and then i get in a big sister mode i'm like they're picking on artemis too it was like <laughs> um but yeah guys do do what you can stay positive um don't engage in any like drama um because yeah. even if you even if you're trying to like smooth out the drama there's a good chance that somebody's made up their mind and yeah. i've seen it happen so many times already and i haven't even been here um in the scene very long um talking to people so yes that's all i have to say what about you olaf you have anything cool coming up i know that you've been um, painting more which is freaking awesome it's yeah. been fun seeing that <laughs> thank you yeah so i've been experimenting with with trying to share more of my process and like like usually I just put up uh, images when I'm done with the painting and, and now it's like, look at me, this is where I'm at now. Uh, see you in three hours. And then I'm just going into it. And, and I, I mean, it can be maybe a fun experience to, to, to see something evolve a bit more maybe. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but it is. I think, fun. It is, it it is. It is. I, I think, I think there's a, a thing as well where, I, I mean, you guys have Instagram. So when you scroll and you just see these people doing these speed paintings and they're incredible yeah. and it's really off-putting in some ways, like you don't want to try it because you could never do that in that amount of time, but they don't do that in that amount of time. Yeah. It's a video that's cut short. And that's, I, I really admire Olaf doing that because it, it, yeah. it helps enable people like, oh my God, I could do that, you, you know? Um, and, and one day be like, uh, Papa Olaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but so I'm I'm just in that mode now, finishing up some paintings. I've had some commissions to the UK, so I'm trying to finish that up until uh, before Christmas. And uh, uh, me and Dan has some plans for some secret projects. And oh, we I always have plans. Do. <laughs> the way you guys have connected through art is just like it's it's proof of something bigger i'm telling you like it's proof of like how connected we are uh especially through art and music and all the arts really um it's yeah. and even writing like I, I tell you when i read something when somebody writes something well i feel like i have been uh, put in that situation like i feel like have i've you, transported to that <laughs> have you read uh stephen king's on writing um his what 
uh, on writing. It's like a, a kind of a, a how to of how to write, um, but also an autobiography. And in oh, that, yeah. Stephen King talks about uh, writing as a form of telepathy. Um, because, you, you know, he can write something 50 years ago, yet 50 years later, someone's transported to exactly the place yes. that he was communicating to them, and he brings them there, you know? That's very uh, cool. It was really interesting. Yeah, I haven't read that one. I've read a lot of his stuff, and it's it's that thing, and that's why you're so terrified after, because you're there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could talk to you guys all night, but I think we're going to end it. Um, hang out for a minute, so I could say thank you behind the scenes, and then sure. um, thank you, everybody in the chat. Thank you so much for your support and joining in your book suggestions. We really hope to see you. I probably will have it in January, because I know like things get crazy for people with New Year's. And, yeah. Um, you know, uh, what was the other one? Christmas. <laughs> you, <whatever>. <laughs> <That> <laughs> um, we're heathens here. So we're just like, we do Christmas for the kids, but uh, we don't, like, we don't have family here. So it's just kind of. Yeah. All about the kids. <laughs> so have fun with that. And I will see everybody probably this Wednesday. I think this Wednesday for ladies night. I don't know who I'm having on yet, but I will announce it soon. Have a good night. Exciting. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Thanks, Thank you. Bye. Bye.